I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Awesome. We've had quite the week. Yes, we have. Lots going on in the news, around the world, inside the United States, just about everywhere in between. Absolutely, and in no certain order. We have just finished our our Christmas and New Year time frame. We're getting back into kids going to school. Some kids are returning to school online. Some kids are returning in person, but one of the things that I thought was quite interesting is the vacations we take while we are on break, Christmas break, holiday break, whatever you would like to call it, with our kids or without. Some people just vacation single, married with a significant other. I don't know if uh, you guys have gone on a vacation lately, but sometimes you go out of state for those vacations. I was going to ask you, vacations, I don't know what that is this year. Yeah, we didn't really do a vacation either. I shouldn't say we didn't really do. We didn't do a vacation this year. We did not go out of city, out of state, out of country. We did not leave our town. Well, it is only uh, the beginning of the year. Well, I meant for the holiday break. I know. Kids being back. But uh, AOC took a nice little vacation to Florida. And I thought it's interesting that she has been voting by proxy in the House. She has assigned her her ability to vote to other individuals because she hasn't felt safe going into the House to vote. And yet she felt safe enough to travel down to Florida around a bunch of other people. She was seen in a venue, tightly packed people hugging, kissing on uh, one particular individual. It was only a small clip, so it could have been a lot of individuals. That was not her significant other. And I just found it kind of interesting that she would take such a vacation and be that close to other people. Oh, that's, I'm sure, just the first time she's been caught or she's probably been seen at other times. And people just decided not to uh, sell the video. Yeah, and... She said that other people were only upset, specifically Republicans, because they can't date her. Are you upset you can't date her? I mean, you're a Republican. You said you're a Republican. Are you upset you can't date AOC? Well, I am a Republican, and even if I was single and in her age group, no thank you. She's not my cup of tea. She's not mine either, so I am not upset. I'm technically a registered independent, but I am not upset about not dating her. I am very happily married. Well, that's what you get when the truth evades people, because that's her only retort or her only reply is because everybody wants her, when in reality, she's just uh, not a very good congressperson. No, she says she doesn't feel safe going in person, and yet she goes out of state in person. And we have a lot of congressmen and senators and state reps that do that all the time. They'll either vote present and accounted for, or they won't vote at all because they know they have higher public aspirations and they don't want that on their record. So when people start diving into their past, there isn't a lot there to look at. True, too. At least she 
I would say at least she votes her record, but she doesn't really. She votes. She's a present voter. Instead of going with her true opinion, she does the the present thing as well. So we hide behind the the thing of the day. I hate using the word thing, but whatever we can hide behind. Boy, they're sure good at it, aren't they? Oh, they are. I mean, if you look at just recently, they started talking about taking away the filibuster. The They are required in the Senate to pass things at 60 if it has to do with, I think, a budgetary impact. It has to have 60 votes. And they're talking about doing away with the filibuster so that way they can pass with 50 plus one because right now they're divided 50-50. And so Kamala Harris would be the tiebreaker. The it, smart one. They want to do away with the filibuster. And in fact, Schumer, Chuck Schumer, has just talked about doing away with the filibuster. And I have a quote that I wanted to read that I thought was interesting from him. Because just a few years ago, he was talking about how important it was. And now we must do away with it. We must adapt. The Senate must evolve like it has many times before. The Senate was designed to evolve and has evolved many times in our history. As former Senator Robert Byrd famously said, Senate rules must be changed to reflect changed circumstances. Put more plainly by Senator Byrd, Congress is not obliged to be bound by the dead hand of the past. That would be KKK, Robert Byrd. Yes, so if you if you try to fact check whether he was a grand wizard, it will come up saying that he was not a grand wizard. There are memes that go around. He was not. He and he reformed himself. He renounced his ways. He was a grand cyclops or a cyclops. He was the number one dude for the local area, but not the overall arching guy. He recruited apparently over a hundred and fifty people to the KKK. And then he goes and renounces his ways. He votes in the Senate to show that he's a reformed man and he votes for certain things a certain way. He's a good guy. We had our now president, previously VP, who went and eulogized him. And I'm sorry, I thought we canceled people henceforth and forevermore for their misdeeds of the past. We should, and that's called political expediency with him. He only did that because he wanted to continue being a senator so he could push his fake policies. Yeah, I look at that and I think, oh, yes, the KKK guy, that's who we should be quoting. It's okay. He reformed himself. Nod, nod, wink, wink. Well, I think that um, Mr. Uh, President Bill Clinton and his wife were good friends of the birds as well. They all were good friends. All of those are in with each other. And then they just say the the next correct thing to keep them relevant and in money in the Senate or the House, as it may be. Speaking of the Clintons, in a meeting that they had a few years ago. Epstein did not kill himself. Right. <laughs> okay. But did. apparently the person that either brought to the attention of people that Clinton was meeting with uh, somebody from the O'Biden White House has um, committed suicide. So he was the one that broke the news story that the Clintons were meeting with the very person that was in charge of the overarching investigation into Hillary Clinton. Not guilty. So it was convenient 
And I believe the story that they put out there was they were talking about their grandchildren. And she does not have children, let alone grandchildren. Oops. So what else is happening in the news this week? Well, we have Prince Andrew. He's filing everything he can to get the case against him tossed. Uh, One of the filings says the accuser lives outside the U.S. where she filed. So she lives in Australia is the claim. And Prince Andrew lives in England, in the U.K. And per federal requirements, at least one person must be in the United States. So Prince Andrew is claiming through his attorneys that his accuser doesn't live here. And then he's claiming her settlement with Epstein, which just went public in 2022, her settlement with Epstein includes him. Even though he's not specifically mentioned by name, it says something to the effect of Epstein and anyone else involved who may have abused her. And that is not a direct quote. That's just approximately what it says. So did an attorney draw up that agreement? With Epstein? I'm sure it was an attorney with a a favorable light to Epstein because it was kept sealed as of 2009, but because of one of the claims to get his case tossed, um, Prince Andrew got it admitted to court and unsealed. So I think they should be allowed to go full steam ahead. Let's see what this man really did. I don't think that you should be allowed to take out abuse If you're abused by more than one person, you shouldn't be allowed to say, well, you can only ever accuse me. I'll pay you off. You can't go after anyone else for money. I just don't see how that's a thing. And the money being you can never be repaid. Obviously, it doesn't. It helps, but it's not going to get over. You're not going to get over everything. Right. But that just shows you that powerful people are able to get out of things, just like the former governor of New York, Mr. Cuomo. All charges on all accounts are not going to be filed. Every single thing. So the forced nursing homes, forcing nursing homes to take COVID positive patients where he killed thousands and then lied about it and concealed it. And it only came to light after one of his assistants said something. He won't be charged for that. They're saying that there's nothing criminal in forcing people to be housed with a disease that can kill you. Nothing criminal about that. He was the ringleader of a death squad. I'm sorry. He was the ringleader. He's the one who said do it, and then they did it. Absolutely. And he either has insider information on some of these judges or some of these prosecutors, or he has mafia ties or something. There was a victim that came out today, one of his former staff workers, and said this is why us victims stay silent. And that's a direct quote from her. So this is to clarify, uh, um, there, there were at least... Four cases against him. One for the nursing home, him being the killer of grandparents and the elderly. And then he had three different jurisdictions investigating him. Three separate DAs, not having to do with nursing homes, but three separate criminal cases for sexual harassment and assault. Uh, Forcible touching is the assault. And all three criminal cases, or DAs, sorry, all three DAs decided not to prosecute him within a week of each other. All of their investigations wrapped in a bow just in time for the new year. What are the chances that three separate cases with three separate sets of facts 
three separate individuals would all be wrapped up within a week of each other. Huh. Just like the odds of 50 or 60 people knowing the Clintons and committing suicide. About the same odds. I guess when you're all in that tight group, little knit family, uh, you can get away with stuff like this. But if he was an R and not a D, they would go after him to the full extent of the law in all the different jurisdictions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you have something on a lighter side, which I saw today, which is a gentleman by the name of Rene Niera. I hope that's how you say his name. You spell it N-E-I-R-A. Niera. He's 87 years old. He crossed the stage with his granddaughter, Melanie Salazar. She received her BA in communications, and he will earn a BA in economics. That is awesome. She said she wouldn't trade it for the world. Even though they didn't take any classes together, they were able to walk together. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And that is one thing that I do like about our country is that you can go back and get your degree at any time. You can further your knowledge base. You are not limited. Yeah, and just think he's 87. And I believe our sitting president's about 77, 78. 78, 79, 100. Look, yeah, (laughs) 102. But look what a difference in somebody that still has their faculties about them that can go to a major university and get a degree in economics at 87. And another one that poor guy can't even hardly remember what he was doing yesterday or even early this morning. And when he's asked questions, he doesn't respond, stares off into space, gets whisked out, walks out. Doesn't take questions yet. What is this, the most transparent presidency ever? Well, sure it is. If you're standing looking in a mirror, it's very transparent. Mm -hmm. But a lot of his policies or whoever's pulling the strings has caused car prices to remain extremely high. They're probably going to stay high for at least two more years because we have a shortage of parts and a shortage of Chinese-made semiconductors. So So why don't we make those here? We were in the process of bringing all that stuff back until somebody decided that they didn't like the way a guy tweeted, loved his economy, didn't like the way he tweeted nasty things out. He was really mean. Therefore, we had to vote him out of office. Yeah, and we were told under the last president before Trump that factories were dead and factory jobs were never coming back. And during Trump's presidency, factory jobs came back to the United States. And to me, this whole situation of economies shutting down has shown me just how much we need factories on American soil so we can take care of our own business. Absolutely. And here's another person's name I'm probably going to butcher. But there is a billionaire owner in New York. He owns a supermarket chain called Gristetis. I'm going to butcher it. Anyway, his name's, his first name's John. He's a billionaire. He's asked the White House to please stop the war on North America because single-handedly this current administration has caused mayhem throughout the U.S. and the world. Stuff is costing us so much right now, it's unbelievable. Groceries are through the roof. Gas is through the roof. I have a diesel pickup, so diesel's through the roof for me. Home prices are up 10 to 20%. Insurances are up. All this stuff is just out of whack, and hopefully even the people with D's after their names in the next couple of years will wake up and either swap to an R, or swap to an I, or realize it's time we get somebody back in there that cares about the people and not self-serving. Yeah, we shouldn't be so beholden to China. I mean, we are we have 
the Olympics are going on in Beijing in a month. And we look to people who are causing a humanitarian crisis. They harvest organs for money, forced organ harvesting. They treat people with such disregard for their life. They'll spirit them away if they say the wrong thing. And yet here we are sending people over to China to act like we're buddy-buddy and compete in the Winter Olympics. But there are good people in America, and there's actually some really good people in Tennessee. And during the Christmas holiday, it's a time when people give, yeah? Typically, yeah. Yeah, so military families are no exception. With the current inflation on household staples, taking big chunks out of our wallet, there's a division or a nonprofit called the Code of Vets that's been around in Tennessee since around 2018. The founder's name is Gretchen Smith. And she says, these are her words I'm quoting, it's amazing what older vets have to choose between in these times. Gas, groceries, paying your water bill, electricity, or being able to make your rent for the month. They try to help as many people out as they can, so 2020 they were able to help 2,000 vets with the current cash flow they have. This year... For 2022, they have 3,500 applications, but unfortunately, they have to vet these through a process because there's not enough money to go around, so they can only help so many folks, so many military people, military vets. Fortunately for them, they've raised $5 million since 2018, and they only have operating costs at 2% because no volunteer takes a salary. The only outlay of money is for the buildings and for computers and such, things like that. Way to go, organization. Way to go. That is awesome. That's awesome to hear that we have charities who are going into those areas that we're told that the government can help us, but instead they are taking care of their fellow person. And I think that it is absolutely awesome. Absolutely. And that kind of ties into another story I've looked at the last couple of days. And that's all these House Republicans that are hoping for a red wave this year one thing that's kind of convincing him of that is there's 25 house democrats that have announced their retirements in the last three weeks and that kind of made a light go on in my head what does that mean retirement from the house of representatives what are the benefits that congressional officers get do they have to work for 20 years to draw a salary or do they have to work for one term well apparently for congressmen and women They only have to work five years, which is three terms. So then they get put into the government retirement pool, which isn't what people think it is or what you see on Facebook, but it is way better than most. So that's a pretty darn good retirement for being in a company or being an elected official for only five short years. That is ridiculous. Yes, and there is. I didn't put the whole thing in here, but there are other ways for them to make more. There's other retirements that they can get within the federal government and depending on their age. And if they do do more years, but they're older, they can actually bump that. Wow. So did you know that Bernie Sanders doesn't really believe in charity? He's come out and said he doesn't believe in charity because he thinks the government should be taking care of all needs. So you won't need a charity. So he believes the government should do it. And just like quid pro quo, when he became mayor in Burlington, Vermont, he hired his girlfriend, who is now his wife, gave her a job. 
didn't have to compete, didn't never announce, just here, girlfriend, here's a job. So he believes in government and quid pro quo, but he doesn't believe in charity. Well, socialists and communists believe in government too, but only the top one half of 1% are the, is, they're the takers, everybody else is the givers. Right, because after five years in your private company, are you getting 80% of your salary? Not unless you're the CEO, you're getting a big balloon buyout generally, but not uh, not a commoner or a common worker like us, even in middle management, you're not. So in the news this week, cases of guilty or innocent. Have you heard anything about Elizabeth Holmes? Yes, I have. Tell me about her. So she was the founder and CEO of a company that claimed that they could take a a tiny, tiny bit of blood, test it, and find all different kinds of results for it for whatever they're testing for with the least amount of blood that has ever been uh, used before. So I believe the company was called Theranos. Yes, and that device was called a nanotainer. So she sold a bunch of investors on it. She obtained a lot of investments from uh, actors, actresses, and just some real high people. And she was found guilty on four counts, not guilty on four counts, and on three counts, the jury was deadlocked. So it's unclear if they're going to refile charges on those three counts and what it will mean for her prison sentence on the four counts, if any. Yeah, apparently she turned it into a six to eight billion dollar fraudulent company. And I guess this is pretty commonplace up in Silicon Valley. And there's a term that they use. It is called fake it till you make it. If you make it, if your product pans out, it pans out. If not, you just show that you were spending your money on trying to make this product work. And generally you don't raise any eyebrows, get arrested or get prosecuted. Well, and we do this in all different areas of life with our, our big money people, with government officials. Look at Salandra. They got, what, $425 million or whatever their, their, uh, their money from Obama money, <laughs> their money from President Obama was. I know it wasn't him specifically because it was a package deal passed Shovel-ready jobs. Yeah, and green jobs at that. So right. how many people get investments either through the government or privately that they were already on the downhill slide to going bankrupt because Solandra got the money and then they turned around real quick, spent it all up, filed bankruptcy. And we've seen repeats of this. So Theranos doing it, like you said, you just got to try to show you were trying to invent it and it just didn't pan out. But the federal government does these quasi Ponzi schemes with our tax dollars all the time. But they're allowed to write laws that exempt them from exactly what this lady here was prosecuted for. Right. We go after, she's not a little guy. Obviously, there was a lot of money there. But we go after a non-government contract. She can't do it privately. The government doesn't want the competition. Absolutely. So do you know what behested payments are? Have you ever heard of behested payments? School me. Okay. So, for instance, a mayor of, let's just say, Los Angeles is limited on how much funds he can receive from a lobbyist or how much funds from an independent voter. They are limited to how much they can receive when they're running their election cycles and all of that. But sometimes, some people create nonprofits. And then sometimes, lobbyists donate to said mayor's nonprofit as a behested payment. 
And it ends up still buying access to the very person who's not supposed to be bought off. Different name for quid pro quo. Yeah, and a nice Los Angeles mayor had $31.9 million in his little slush fund. So is it they, a nonprofit or is it a slush fund? So does he get to keep that after he's out of office? Well, he's running a nonprofit, so he gets to decide who's oh. paid, what, when, where, why, and how. So he creates like a 501c3 yeah. nonprofit. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's one way around the you can't pay to play. They find another way to pay to play. Well, they're good at it. They practice their whole entire careers. They have peers and subordinates that they've watched do it. There's other senators, congressmen, mayors, city councilmen that all do this. So it's just standard practice and they do it till they get caught, basically. So I guess Chicago public schools have decided that they're not going to start now. They're going to go ahead and do remote learning again for a while. Yes, they they had a 70%, I think, vote rate for going back online. Well, they got a strong union there. They do. And I look at how many children are being left behind and how many children are going to be permanently left behind because of this. Unfortunately, it's already hard to be raised in certain sides of town there in Chicago. There's a pastor that's been on one of the local news or national news outlets talking about how hard it is and is he the rooftop pastor that would we be mentioned the, him last week yes that would be the rooftop pastor i would definitely uh recommend to anyone to go look him up he he's giving pretty significant information information's good sound advice too and that's he, better that's a better yeah, way of putting it he's yeah, giving good sound advice very sound advice so the teachers in chicago need to listen to folks like him and just decide that hey we should really be hands-on with the kids, face-to-face, so we can actually teach them and make them great, productive members of society. Well, what's funny is I think we've gone into the trillions of dollars that we've spent on the war on poverty since it was implemented, since it started way, way back when we've done the war on poverty. We should have no poverty and the best education system here in the United States, but we have children living in poverty Adults, too. I mean, the adults shouldn't have to live in poverty either, but we have children and adults living in poverty. Clearly, what we're doing is not working. Throwing more money at it is not going to be the answer. We need people like this pastor and other individuals who can really be the change we need to see. Absolutely. And a national news guy was talking about that a couple of days ago, kind of looking at some total of the parts here across America, our school systems. Our workforce, which, by the way, is kind of interesting that four and a half million people have left the workforce this year, yet the Biden White House is saying that it's one of the best economies, best workforces ever. And lowest unemployment. Yeah, yet you have corporations all over the place saying, hey, we're shorthanded, we need bodies, Um, we have to close two days a week, three days a week, we can't produce your products, we can't put them on the shelves, can't deliver them, because we don't have any people. And I would like to go back to something that I've heard Generally speaking, people on the left, but I think free market system could help with this too, and not a crony market system. But we have people on the left saying, well, well, if you paid a fair living wage, you would have more workers. I'm sure you've heard that too. Yes. We, depending on what part of the country you're in, to me, that means a different amount in different parts of the country. $7 an hour. Not going to work in San Francisco. $15 an hour, probably still not going to work in San Francisco. Too high of a cost of living. 
So let's talk about paying people a fair wage. Whatever that number is, whatever made up number for each city, state, whatever. Yet we still do business with other countries that do not provide the very wage and benefits we so demand here in the United States. Why are we still conducting business with anyone who wouldn't pay that quote unquote fair wage? I don't see people saying, hey, let's stop doing business with China because they're not paying a fair wage. Hey, let's stop doing business with and insert whatever country because they're not paying a fair wage, 12 weeks of maternity, paternity leave, whatever it is that we've decided we want. 100% health care? Okay, if we want those things, we need to pay for them and we need to keep the jobs in country and then pay the people what we say we want to pay the people. So in this case, where they can't find employees, maybe we need to bump up the wage if that's the case. But what we don't need to do is import more cheap stuff from other countries. No more cheap stuff or cheap labor. I agree. I want my In-N-Out Burger meal to cost me nine bucks and the person that served it to me makes 20 bucks an hour. I'm good with that. Speaking of hamburgers and fast food and uh, buffets. So a father and son last year combined lost 295 pounds. The dad finally decided that he wanted to lose some weight because he could no longer go up ladders. He could no longer look underneath houses. He was having issues with what he was doing for a living, having such issues that he got fired. So when he went to a little beach area for a vacation with his son, they looked at each other and said, you know what, Dad, we're both very, very unhealthy, obese, and out of shape. So they both started exercising moderately, but they started a keto diet. So they did everything keto. Within six months, each one of them lost 150 pounds, and they're still on the descent to losing more weight. And that's another way to go, guys. Yeah, that's one thing I like about how much information we have. If keto works for you, do it. If the Mediterranean lifestyle works for you, do it. You can find what works for your body type and do it. And I just think that that's so great that we have all of this knowledge that is out there that we can utilize. Absolutely, because not not one size fits all, for sure. Because a keto diet wouldn't work for me the way it's set up. The Even though I love meat, steaks, the all-meat diet would not work for me, nor would a straight salad diet work for me as well. I did what I termed a keto light diet. I wasn't whole, extremely low to no carb, because you're supposed to do like under 20 grams of carbs. And I also didn't want to get so involved that all I could think about was food morning, noon, and night, and it was just ruling my whole world. So I set myself up on some good things to have at the beginning, good vegetables to have, good ways to cook them. And then I just kind of tracked with that. It wasn't perfect, but it actually helped me to feel a lot better than I was feeling before. Very cool. So since we both live in California, I think, and it's uh, the new year, can you believe that there are 770 new laws that took effect starting January 1. I can believe it. And apparently we're on a light year because a lot of times it seems like there's thousands. It's amazing. It should be a one for one. If they're going to put in one new law, they should have to pull one out. Unless it's on something that never existed before, which generally speaking, it I mean, new technologies or something, maybe we have to come up with, like, you can't fly a drone 
and look into somebody's window, but you already couldn't peep into their window type of thing. Like, okay, how can we incorporate the peeping law into new technology? And then one for one, like you said. Right, right. Just as long as they match one for one or new laws. I get it. Yeah, we, uh, one of the things that went into effect this year was that we're now supposed to compost our food. We are supposed to have some sort of a bucket we put on our counter and we put banana peels and other certain items in there and we let it set for so many days and then we put it into our green waste bin. But my uh, trash people did not deliver me a composting bucket and I'm confused on if I'm supposed to go out and get one myself. Yeah, I haven't gotten one either. I haven't seen that law, but I think it's it's been in the works for like three years, right? This yeah, I think it was it this three year. to five years. It's actually been around. It was passed years ago, but it it was supposed to be implemented twenty twenty two. Wow, I didn't get a chance to look at all the laws today. I just saw the number seven seventy, which I thought was crazy. That's just astronomical. We do not need that many new laws, even federally, when we're passing this or passing that passing national new hampshire awesomeness day or whatever they the little tiny bills that they get through i think is ridiculous but did you know that the constitution requires that spending bills originate in the house yes so i would always hear about how the house would pass one bill and the senate would pass another and if they don't match up they have to reconcile the bills and then re repass it, I think, or they reconcile what they're going to take out or keep. But I did not know that spending bills had to originate in the House because I would always just hear about Senate passing this, went to House, whatever. So the Affordable Care Act, it began its path to becoming a law after it passed in the Senate first. Constitutionally, that would be a problem since the bill was supposed to have originated in the House of Representatives. Yes. Article 1, Section 7, for anyone who wants to go read it. And the way the Senate Democrats got over this barrier was to have Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid at the time. He took an unrelated bill. It had passed the House, which was H.R. 3590. It was a six-page bill to give military members a tax break. He stripped out everything in there except the bill number and inserted the entire text of Obamacare, which was 2,407 pages in its place. And now the Senate bill originated in the house. Ooh, it was tricky. Yeah. So you like that trickery from your representatives? I think they do it all the time. They do. And so now here we are. With other trickery that they're they're having to go on. <laughs> Just a little bit of ridiculousness from your federal government. We are at the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. Actually, it's passed. As of this posting, it, it has already passed. But how many people have been charged with insurrection? I don't think any of them. I think they were just, one of them was just charged with trespass, right? None. You are correct. None. So there are no charges of insurrection. There are many charges of trespass, staying in a a federal building, few, you know, different types of charges that way. But absolutely none of them have been charged with insurrection. So can you call them insurrectionists if you don't charge them as such? No. That that whole thing is is so weird. And you get into conspiracy theories and such, and you just never know who or what to believe. 
especially when there was an issue with a governor that was supposedly going to be kidnapped. You come to find out that a lot of the um, perpetrators were FBI agents. And then somebody has looked at videos of FBI both. FBI informants. FBI informants. Informants, yeah. Were FBI officers. Yes? Working at the direction of the FBI, so yes. Okay. I don't want to get confused on agents and officers. Agents versus officers. But they were acting. On the behalf uh, of. Uh, yes, because the main ringleader who started the whole shebang he was a, he was paid and then he used that money to get other people involved and to like pull them in repeatedly even when they said no the other individuals involved were working with great diligence to get it off the ground and then first it was kidnapping and then they changed it to a murder plot and they were really trying to get these guys and so then they just finally arrested them and I think that was some of the same guys I've heard were part of the January 6th plot as well. So that right now is a conspiracy theory. I have heard that one as a conspiracy theory, but so far they haven't given us proof, but it took a while for us to get proof. It took the lawyers for the individuals going to court in the Gretchen Whitmer case to read how many people weren't being charged, how many people were involved, because obviously... Their uh, defendants knew who was involved with them, and then they found out half the people aren't being charged, and then they found out that people weren't going to be testifying because of one reason or another. One of the um, three of the FBI agents had personal trouble, so they weren't going to be able to testify, and one of the individuals involved has another case against them for a different crime, so then he wasn't going to testify. <laughs> so there's all kinds of you know, stuff going on. But so far, no one's been specifically able to pinpoint this is an FBI agent or this is someone acting on behalf of the FBI. At least not that I've seen. So right now it falls under conspiracy theory. Talking about the uh, riots, insurrection, whichever you want to term it. Obviously, there were people who assaulted police officers. There were people who assaulted others, broke down barriers and did a lot of bad things. There was $1.5 million in property damage to the Capitol building. And there was one direct death, which was Ashley Babbitt. She was shot by a Capitol police officer while she was breaking into uh, the doorway between wherever she was and into the Speaker of the House like area. So it was a hallway, but it was technically the Speaker of the House's area. And it should be noted that there were people who did bad things, but then there are other individuals who were walking around who followed others in. They didn't beat, hit, you know, strike anybody. Once barriers were removed and doors were open, people were just actively walking in behind others. So you kind of have two groups of people. Well, really three, but you have these different groups but they're all being charged as if they all did the same bad act. Right. And here's the difference, too. It was Washington, D.C. It was a congressional buildings. And they wanted to stop it. I don't want to call it an insurrection. I call it a bunch of thugs that should have been stopped well before they got into the buildings or at the buildings. Yet the same people that are claiming this insurrection and all this bad stuff allowed rioters to destroy and kill people across the United States of America. And none of them 
are held to account for what they did with the real rioting across America, the hundreds of millions of dollars in damage. So there were actually, it was not hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, technically it was, but you got to multiply that a couple times over. There was $2 billion in insured property damage. So people claiming the damage on their insurance, $2 billion in insured property damage. And the uninsured property damage are saying possibly billions more. Two dozen people died and many police were assaulted. Many individuals were assaulted, but they're regular schmoes. So we don't care about them. You go after our leaders. They're not regular schmoes anymore. They're better than you. Two different sets of rules for Americans. One for the haves, one for the have nots. Yet during all these riots and now afterwards, now they want to defund police, which they tried. And now there's crime running rampant across the United States of America. Yet in D.C., they put another big fence and barriers around the White House and the buildings. And they want to hire many, many more police. And I believe the National Guard from certain outfits is still there protecting them. So, yes, that's that two sets of rules. Yes, and safety, they get private security, as you noted. Now they get, well, not now, they've gotten National Guard for a while. Private security, National Guard, you you get lessened police service. You get told to, if you're in Chicago, one of the aldermen, or technically I think she's an older woman, said that they want to give everybody whistles. And so if you see a burglary happen, you see an assault happen, whatever it is, Blow your whistle while running towards the incident to let other people around you know there's an incident so they'll call 911. And the police won't show because we've defunded them. Right, and the person they're blowing the whistle at, if he or she happens to have a gun and doesn't care much about life, then instead of potentially one person getting shot, there's potential for a dozen. That is what she wants. She wants you to bring back, apparently it's bringing it back, Because they've had it before in Chicago. They used to practice this in the 70s. So she wants to encourage people to run towards danger. Well, they should bring horses back, too. That way an officer, even if it's a safety officer with a whistle, can just turn around with the horse and just kick the crud out of the perpetrator. Well, no, because if you're a part of the CBP and you have reins, you'll be accused of whipping people. That's right. Forgot all about that. So you can't you can't have a horse. You can't have a horse with reins. You you can't have. They're even taking away the use of alternative methods of quote unquote force. So we say we don't want police officers to have guns, right? Okay, so let's give them pepper balls, tasers, whistles, batons, whatever. You, you add something else. Well, now they're trying to say that they don't want police officers to be able to use those on people in certain situations. So they're going to term the situation, oh, well, you can't disperse crowds with it, so try to find something else. You can't use tear gas. You can't use pepper balls. You can't. I'm sure even soon enough we're not even going to be able to use bullhorns and speak loudly because it's mean. Fire truck with a hose. Yeah. No. They used to do that. Doesn't work. No. And we definitely shouldn't be doing certain actions, but to say, oh, you just have to be assaulted. Well, how about dogs? I think every officer should have a dog. And they have different sized dogs to fit the crime. 
So if it's just a petty, you know, somebody stole a candy you bar. You get a chihuahua. Then we sick a chihuahua on them to take them down. Those things are vicious. Yes. They think they're the biggest things in the world. And then if it's a major crime, like a bank robbery or murder, then you send in the Belgian melon walls to take care of the perp. Yeah, I understand we need to have modern practices for modern day and some solutions that we had in the past are not going to be good solutions and we should do away with them. But I just don't understand taking away all tools in the tool belt, including taking away the police officers, because instead of adding the social workers that you want to help in certain situations, you've just taken away the police officers first. You took away their budget, you took away the police officers We've seen all kinds of crime in California and across the U.S. go up, whether it's petty theft, California's Prop 47 raised petty theft from $400 to $950 before you can be charged with a felony. So it wasn't petty. It was, you know, that was the limit, 400 and under. Now it's 950 and under. And so we saw petty theft go up. So instead of trying to address the situation, we just say, we'll let you do it. And we'll let you do it more. We'll let you do it in bigger numbers. We'll let you get more stuff. Let you get more stuff. I guess a local, was it Walgreens in the last few days, maybe a week ago, had a guy, known repeat offender, a thief, went into the store. One of the store clerks knew who it was. And they went to escort him out, escorted him outside. And I guess they got into a confrontation. And the guy actually pulled a knife, turned around, stabbed the guy in the face. So they have a they have a no touch policy, and I wish I could remember the term. There was a Walmart security guy that or a guy that worked at a local Walmart doesn't work there anymore. Said that back in the day, their thing was ground and pound when they pulled out a thief outside, somebody that was shoplifting. So they ground them, pound them, and then call the police. And so you think that we would be able to come up with something in between? After all these years, okay, you don't need to beat somebody for a petty theft, but now you have somebody who feels entitled and will pull a knife and stab you. Well, they should have a mailbox outside the stores, and then they should send out interest cards to all the thieves. Then all the thief has to do is write down, well, if I was to come in today, this is what I would steal. Then they can have the clerk read the card, put all the stuff in a bag for him, And just hand it over. Set it outside and say, there you go, bud. We're going to help you out. And then hand them a 1099 at the end of the year. Which is what the IRS says that thieves and drug dealers need to do is start claiming what they're stealing and selling. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, there was a sheriff back east, I don't remember which county, that actually put out in their local newspaper, if any of you thieves or drug dealers have problems filing your 1099 tax returns, please come see us. We will help you out. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's funny. To the point when I saw them, they hadn't had one person come in yet, but I'm sure you'll get one dumb dumb. I need to file this. How I do need I need help on my 1099. So the USS Abraham Lincoln has its first female captain to take an aircraft carrier to sea. How cool is that? Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. And she graduated i believe from the academy the same year that women were first allowed to go to sea on an aircraft carrier wow i remember the unit i was in nmcb3 we were all male back in the 80s 
and I looked at some pictures and videos of when they were deploying, three was deploying to Iraq and Afghanistan, and there was a lot of ladies co-mingled in with the guys, and I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. We've come a long way. Yep. Still got still got more to go. They're as smart, smarter, better shots, probably better contractors, better builders. There's You've got everything in the mix. The nice part about everything that we do, not we females, but we society, that there is something for everybody. There's an, um, People have their thing that they are really good at, and we just need to come to a point where we accept male, female, whatever, let's make it work. Add another bathroom if you have to. Don't say, well, we only have male bathrooms or we only, and if it were the opposite, we only have female bathrooms. No, let's make this work. Let's make it work. We can make it work in today's times. Absolutely. And it's a couple of, one retired Navy SEAL and a couple that are out currently. Actually, I listened to them the other day and they were talking about a potential first female going through BUDS and making it through SEAL training. And they're all hoping that as long as they don't lessen the program, a lady makes it through it, a woman makes it through it, they're good with it. Yeah, we actually, I, we militarily, a report just came out that the Air Force, I believe it was, was sending a female through who had quit, not whatever their version, not BUDS. She was supposed to go through the program and she's quit a couple times, but they've pushed her through anyway. And so at each point, I mean, if you read like Instagram, you can read Dan Crenshaw. He put a posting up about it. So we don't need that kind to be pushed through when when you quit. I understand wanting to quit. Don't get me wrong, because some days you're like, this is the worst day of my life. I'm done. I don't need this punishment. (laughs) But we don't need people to lessen what it means to get through if it's going to harm everybody in the end, right? So if it's you need to be able to be a crack shot, oh, but this woman, we'll push her through. She can kind of hit the broadside of a barn, but she can't really hit the target every time. We don't need that. We don't need to to have that. No, absolutely not. And they're a cohesive team, so they need to have uh, all team members on deck at all times. Absolutely. So California Public Utilities. So the California Public Utility Commission wants to change how solar works. We have been, it's been pile-drived into us to go green, go solar, go wind, go, you know, all sorts of green energy. And now uh, they want to take away all of the benefits that they touted for green energy because they're not making money. Oh, I thought they were going to change the way solar panels grab the sun and make power. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. No, so we're at this point right now where I thought the whole point was to be environmentally friendly. Why do you care about money? Green and clean. Why do you care about money? I don't. That's why I don't have any. So not the the Public Utilities Commission, but PG&E. So PG&E was responsible for the, what fire was that? Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. So they were responsible for a a very deadly fire. It was sparked by their lines. It killed the, uh, the town of Paradise, burnt up the town of Paradise in California. So they were found guilty, but they donated a lot of money to Gavin Newsom. And his running for office. So then he turned around as soon as he was elected. He was the governor-elect. He contracted with a law firm in New York to help write legislation that would absolve PG&E 
of their guiltiness and create like a little side fund for them or, or some such thing. But he had it specifically target PG&E to help them out. PG&E has been saying and was just found responsible for the Dixie fire. That one was sparked 2021, I think. So a tree hit. July, July 15th. There we go. So a tree hit lines and it sparked the fire. And they even said, apparently from the outset, they think it was a tree hitting one of their lines and could have sparked the fire. So it wasn't like they were hiding that it was them. Now, I'm wondering if this law that was passed by Newsom or helped to be written in 2018, and I can't remember exactly when it was passed, probably 2019. I'm wondering if this law protects them now so they don't mind saying we're responsible for the Dixie Fire because the law is already on the books helping them out. Or if Newsom will hire the same New York law firm for this fire and the next fire and the next fire. Oh, I'm sure he will. Isn't he about timed out or termed out here pretty soon? Newsom? Yeah. No, he's only been in for... It's only one term? It's not one and done. I thought they could do no, two. No, no, no. I mean, he's only been in one term. Correct. So they oh tried goodness, the... Seems re- like a lifetime. <laughs> it does. So he he uh, survived the recall, but he was elected in 2018, and I think it's a six-year, right? It is. So he's got six years plus, what, another six years, and maybe he'll write himself another six years or... Right. Well, he can do like his predecessor and go, if he doesn't run for president, he can go away for a term and come back and run again. Say he's starting all over. Such corruption. It is. And uh, so let's talk about big tech. Facebook recently blocked a new children's book author from being able to use the platform. They called the uh, books or the, the media material low quality right as they were getting off the ground. So they started this group, started putting money into Facebook ads to get their product out there before the launch date. So they were gathering all this data. What do people want? Making sure. And it was like American Heroes children's books. So they go live. And just as they go live, Facebook told them that they were of low quality. So they were going to be blocked from advertising and locked out of their account. It was books on Amy Coney Barrett, President Reagan, and other kind of U.S. heroes because it was a, a U.S.-based historical children's book. And it took Congress people inquiring on their behalf for them to get their account back. And they said, oh, it was a mistake. What's the guy's name that runs that company? Zuckerberg, head of Meta. Where's he from? Well, he lives in California. Is he from Germany? Seems like it. Uh, the right. Gestapo? Yeah, like uh, pre-World War II to where he got his mind polluted and he thinks that burning books and censorship and that sort of thing is the way to go. Because, you know, this is all too often happening to all kinds of people. You ever look at the garbage that's on Facebook sometimes and YouTube? It's amazing that they'll look at one side and say, well, yeah, this is this is good read. For Americans, but wholesome stuff is not. Yeah, well, we're being told that we need to have sexually explicit books in our children's libraries. And you know what? You want to have those books? Those books can exist. They can be out there. They can even be in a public library in the adult or regular section. I mean, there's a children's section and a non-children's, uh, just regular nonfiction or regular fiction. But have them in the appropriate place. A children's library is not the place, but yet we're being told to stop our 
conservativeness and just allow it to happen. It, and not in just this thing, in so many different areas. Just, it all needs to be out there all the time. We need to start indoctrinating five-year-olds. I got a new word for you. There's a lot of ethnic groups, lotses. There's lotses of them that are swapping over to conservatism and changing from D to R and I because they can see through this stuff as well, and they're getting mighty tired of it too. There has to be a hinge point to where people decide that this baloney that guys like the German dude Zuckerberg are pushing on us and all these little censorship people that put the little Band-Aid up in front of something you post or you repost somebody else's, I'm hoping that this woke stuff comes to a woken end here pretty quick. Yeah, I, I do like to go every time I see a banner and it says, see why. I like to see why and I like to dive into it because oftentimes it's not even connected or it's so loosely connected it doesn't even count. You said father in your post and this other person talked about a father in this other regard. So we're just going to connect the two words that say father and put slap a warning label on your post. And I've seen it so many times. Like, that's not even what you said. And that's why I wonder if it isn't really real people, if it's um, computer-based software, and it's an algorithm. They see a certain word said so many times or in a certain context, and then it automatically flags and throws that little sticker up there. Probably. I, I mean, I can see that it would be an algorithm, but when you point it out and ask for a human to review it, a lot of times it still stays. Right. And if you're low enough on the totem pole, you're just a regular schmo, blocked, censored. You know why? It's because it's the human that wrote that software. <laughs> yeah. It's fallible. Oh, look at that. It's fallible. Or they, it's not fallible, so to speak, that they wanted that to be blocked because they know that that word is most often associated with an R and they'll, okay, we'll block this. Oh, we'll allow this other thing because it's most closely associated with a D because linguistically we're different. Yes, yes, because one group of us has some kind of weird ailment and the other one doesn't, just saying. Yeah. So what's going on south of the border still, or right on our side, but at the border south? They still have unprecedented number of individuals attempting to cross or crossing. Unaccompanied minors is way up. Drugs, drug crossing way up. They're catching more fentanyl than they've ever caught before. But that is the drug of choice, so of course you'll catch more of what people want so to speak but we've also seen deaths in the united states from fentanyl just skyrocket among other drugs One hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. and so we and that's known that's known you know cases right. that's not the unknown cases. unfortunately we sometimes have a large population that just goes unrecorded so when that one young lady i can't remember her name right now she was from florida And her boyfriend killed her, and then he killed himself in Florida at the campsite when they were looking. So they did like a big manhunt for him, looking for him. When they were looking for her, and unfortunately looking for her body, they found a number of other murdered individuals that they either weren't looking for or hadn't found yet. So while looking for her in this multi-state manhunt, uh, well, they weren't looking for her in the manhunt. They were looking for him, but they found lots of bodies. So how many people are out there that we don't know about? 
lots. No one filed the now, missing person. Were they trying to tie him to any of those or just No, no, that while they were trying wow. to find her, they wow. found lots of others. And I mean, even today, there's a little girl who has been missing. She's six years old. She was missing. And it took the adoptive parents of her younger brother to keep raising the alarm that they couldn't find her and ultimately got to the right person because the dad ended up with custody of her because she was in and out of foster care. She's been missing for two years. And there was someone who was raising an alarm like, hey, her brother really wants to see her. She's in and out of foster care. You're telling me what of those social workers? Was he arrested? He was arrested, but it's unrelated. Okay. It was for, for well, I think it was for a prior domestic violence like two years ago, three years ago. No, I know there's a lot that disappear. That's why we try to keep a good eye on our kids and grandkids. When they walk off from us, I I personally keep a timer, whether it's in my head or on my phone or on my arm, so I know that it's been too long and I need to go check. Yep. Always be aware of your surroundings. And always be aware of who you're surrounded by. And that's one thing I, I can't recommend enough is being aware of your surroundings. Every time you walk into a building, whether it's new or not, do you know where the fire extinguisher is? Do you know where the AED is? Do you know how to use one? You know, they walk you through it. Nowadays, the machines can walk you through how to use one if necessary. Because you're going to walk into a 100 or a 1,000 buildings and not need it. But the one time you need it, you didn't look and see where it's at. You didn't, you know, make... Know of where you're at. So if you have to call 911, where are you directing them to? And it could be because you see something suspicious, but you have no idea where you're at. And as soon as you dial 911 on your smartphone, you can't use it for anything else. Not going to be able to pull up that map. I mean, maybe they they fixed that recently. I don't know because I was on with 911. I tried to look at my phone after I ended the call with 911. It didn't even say that I called 911. It's a ghost call. But that's a good thing that you look for fire extinguishers when you walk into a building because I double on that. Not only do I look for the fire extinguishers, generally when I have to get up to go do something, I will walk by the fire extinguisher and make sure that it's actually serviced, serviceable. And I know if I go to it that it's not uh, dead or it hasn't been used or the pin's been popped or it's actually a current extinguisher that I can actually use. Right, and it's just good practice. There's lots of stuff that happens in this world that we wish didn't happen and that nobody had to live with. But the sad fact is there's a lot of stuff you got to live with. There's a lot of crazies and you just got to do the best that you can do. You do. And that's why active, active shooter type stuff. You know, I never thought you'd ever have to practice for an active shooter ever, ever in my lifetime. And I know from your previous position, you guys, I'm sure did active shooter training. We had to do it with a lot of frequency. And that's based on your position. Our position, not so much, uh, but with what we do do, there is a potential for some things to happen. And we always, all us prior military guys at work, we always talk about that sort of thing and kind of who would handle what and what situation. And we're all pretty much prepared. We know who's supposed to be in the building. We know basically who's going to do what if somebody does come in the building and who's going to crack their melon or who's going to sound the alarm or or what we're going to do. Right. And the other thing too, is you think, okay, well for me, I'm not physically bigger than the likely perpetrator, especially if it's a man, generally speaking, going off averages, I'm going to be smaller. 
So for me, physically fighting someone is definitely on on the last end of my resort to list. But you also have to know what weapons you have because if they are right there, is there anything throwable? I mean, there, it it's something. It's better than just standing there. You might freeze though. That could happen too. But can you run away? Can you hide? Lastly, if you have to fight, fight. So you look at something like that and you think, okay, I'm going to run. I can get over here. I can lock the door. I can barricade it. I can hide. And then I'll call 911. Well, let's just say that there's somebody who's injured. When the cops get there, if the active shooter's still there, one, two, three, however many were involved, they are going to secure the whole location before they render assistance. So you got to think about that too. You're like, well, I'm calling 911. They're going to come rescue me first. No, they're not. You're last. You got to look at it that way too. Sad. That was something that I didn't learn until I started having to do these active shooter drills. The police are coming in trying to tell us what's going to go down so we'll understand which way things are going to happen. They're like, you're last on our list. (laughs) So that was a surprise to me. No heroes here. We just think of ourselves and and our coworkers and family. Yeah. And it's, again, you know, from my perspective, run, hide, fight. So you got to do what you got to do to protect you, to protect others around you. And again, it's a sad world. Do you, I don't know. I know a lot of people probably don't think about this, but even if I'm walking down the street, I'm thinking about a car jumping the curb because unfortunately some people started mowing down other people and that became a really big thing, whether in this country and in other countries. So you got to think about, unfortunately, all of your surroundings all the time. I would love to live in bliss. I really would. Good luck with that. So tell you a story about cars running people down. Just so happens that this morning, right in front of my work, we're unsure if it was a drunk driver, if he passed out, he or she passed out, or what the story was. But there was a uh, car that jumped the curb, went into a parking lot, hit three poles, hit two cars, went across the street. There was a subway right across the street from us, hit a car at the subway, and then took down a sign and another pole at 5 o'clock, 5.30 this morning. Wow. So, yes, what if you were on your way to work like I used to, riding my bicycle um, right in front of the street or up on the sidewalk, and then bam, here comes a car. Well, if you're not paying attention, like you said, you could end up as a car burger. Yeah, sad but true. Absolutely. Funny enough that that happened. So I went driving today, just had to go like two blocks, stoplight and stop sign. I had one person blow the stoplight and almost hit me when I had a green. And then when I went to turn into a certain area, the other person had a stop sign and I'm pulling in and they blew the stop sign and nearly hit me again. So I understand that that's usual awareness for driving. I I get that. But two accidents within one minute could have, well, obviously both of them wouldn't have happened, but could have happened. Absolutely. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.